It's time for Silver and Black Today Game Day. We're breaking down the Raiders' upcoming game and bring you in-depth analysis from National Football Insiders. Let's get the nation fired up. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today Game Day. Scott Goldbranson with you. Uh, Mo Moten has the week off. We certainly appreciate you guys being here as the Raiders get set for a game. It's do or die the last two weeks. Raiders in Indianapolis today coming up at the top of the next hour. The Colts play host to the Raiders who must win both and they're in. If they lose one of the games, can they still technically get in the playoffs? The Raiders, that is. Yes, they can, Raider Nation, but it becomes a and just an immense uphill battle and a lot of weird things have to happen for them to make it but thanks for being here with us today and getting ready on game day morning with us whether you're listening to us early in the morning on the east coast on 11:40, the bet las vegas or you're listening to us at the tailgate uh wherever you may be i know a lot of raider fans flew out to indy it is time silver and black today game day only here on 98.5 the fan in las vegas streaming live everywhere remember on the odyssey app also, if you want to check out the show later uh, and go back and listen to whether or not I was prophetic or not, you can also download the Odyssey app uh, and listen to the show live anytime. You can also subscribe to our podcast feed where both this show, Silver and Black Today Game Day, and then, of course, Silver and Black Tonight, which is our show down in Southern California. Southern California's only all Raiders talk show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California on Friday nights at 6 p.m. You can also catch the archive there. You can always check out silverandblacktonight.com where all those shows are also available to you uh, as well as other things up on the website. So we appreciate you guys being with us. Wow, what a week for Raider Nation. What a year for Raider Nation. Challenge after challenge. If this hasn't made you appreciate everybody around you, your fandom for the Raiders, the history of the Raiders, and all that is the Raider Nation family, then I don't know what will. When you go back, you look at the Gruden situation, you look at the Henry Rugg situation, you look at all of the challenges this team has faced with the roster, with injuries. Uh, much before this COVID outbreak, uh, it was injuries to Darren Waller. It was the injuries early in the season to Richie Incognito, Denzel Good. You name it, this team has struggled through it all. And you know what? They've persevered. I've been hard on them at times. I will admit that, including in the last several weeks. But I will tell you, I mean, it's hard to figure a team can do any better under the circumstances. Yes, it's just win, baby. And they've gone out and done that the last two weeks in a row. Can they close the season winning four in a row? Uh, that's what it's going to take to get into the playoffs. But you have to give this team, the coaching staff, who will be gone at the end of the year, make no bones about that, you have to look at them and give them all the credit in the world, including the players on the field. Yes, there's been a mess with all sorts of issues, but this team has stuck together. They didn't give up. A lot of teams, you've seen this in previous years in the NFL, they have given up and the Raiders have not. So we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. We're also going to play you some conversations as, of course, we have to remember John Madden, the passing of a legend, 85 years old, uh, just a few days after Christmas, just a few days after the All Madden documentary aired on the Fox Sports Network. Uh, just an amazing man. 
And not only that, of course, beloved in Raider Nation, there's no question, but John Madden is the modern NFL. I don't know of any part of the game that he didn't touch. He was on the rules committee. He was on the safety committee. For all these idiots, these these just, I, I don't even have, I can't use the word on the radio, people that were belittling John Madden because he, he promoted football through his video game. You've got to be kidding me. You don't know anything about John Madden, what he did to make the game safer, what he did to explain the game. And that's the thing I want to talk about today. We're going to play some of our conversation with author Stephen Travers later, who wrote the book, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on the Oakland Raiders and, and John Madden. He's going to talk a lot about Coach, uh, and, and we had him on our Friday night show, but I'm going to play you parts of that conversation because it's very important. But John Madden, his he is the most important person in the modern NFL. There's no question whether it was on the field coaching. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame because he was an amazing coach and, of course, won the Raiders their first Super Bowl. Coached just 10 years and then retired. As you learn from the documentary, he just didn't have it anymore. He didn't want to do it. Uh, then he goes into broadcasting, and he changes broadcasting. And not only that, but we all grew up watching John Madden. Most of us, right? I'm older than probably a lot of my listeners, but I will tell you, growing up watching John Madden, having John Madden explain the game to you, all those great guys out there, uh, including the Tape Don't Lie guys who are amazing, uh, Marcus, listen, those film breakdown guys, I don't think they would be there without John Madden because John Madden did it at a very basic level. Those guys do it much more intricately, which is cool. But John Madden with his Telestrator and all that, that didn't happen before. You had a color commentator, you had a play-by-play guy like Pat Semerall, John Madden's partner, of course, uh, and you had that, but you didn't have anybody explain it. So John Madden made the game more accessible, more understandable, and he never spoke down to you, but he made it simple. He was the coach on TV for you as the fan to listen to, and that was truly amazing. So we're going to talk uh, to Stephen Travers about that, uh, and then later on we'll also get into the Colts game. And we'll talk about uh, what the Raiders are going to be facing later today. As it looks like everybody's back, we'll, we'll know this morning about Darren Waller and whether he's going to be able to come off the COVID list and whether he's healthy enough to play. That's the other issue uh, with his knee injury. So we'll see. That would be huge if the Raiders can activate Darren Waller for this game today in Indianapolis. Uh, so we're going to get to the Colts game. We're going to get to our conversation with Stephen Travers. But what I want to do first, and, and this is one of those things, I'm not going to play the whole 25-minute um, a Hall of Fame speech of John Madden's, but I want to play the first big segment of it because for many of you who, it's just 2006 when, when, when John Madden was inducted by Al Davis into the Hall of Fame. That's who introduced him, of course, the, the Raiders' late owner. Um, the speech is great because it, it encompasses and I think it gives insight into the personality, into the man, uh, what was important in his life and what he thought of the game of football, his players, and the fans, especially in Raider Nation. So I want to play you John Madden's Hall of Fame speech. This is our honoring Coach Madden and his passing, and just a great loss for all of football and, of course, the Raiders family more closely. But I want to play this for you because I think it's important. I think it's important to listen to John Madden's words. And, and we could talk about him all day, and we will talk about him in the second segment as well with Stephen Travers, but I want to let him speak. 
Uh, John Madden said it better than anybody. And so we're going to play you now a portion of this, uh, John Madden's Hall of Fame speech. If you haven't watched the whole thing, I would do it. You're going to get most of it here, but uh, I think it was a, I think it's a great way to honor Coach Madden and for you all to enjoy uh, remembering him in his own words. So here's Coach John Madden at his 2006 Hall of Fame induction. You know, you always think of, you know, what it would be like if you ever enshrined into the Hall of Fame and people say, what will you do when you get up to the podium? And I tell them, I don't know. I'll tell you when I get up there. And I and right now, I don't have a lot of, I mean, I, I got like numb, you know, like I mean, tingle, you know, from the bottom of my toes to the, the top of my head. I mean, this is so special. Uh, you know, all the guys talk about who's going to, you know, break up. I started to break up when Al Davis was talking. And uh, so, I, you know, if they have a contest or any bet, I knew I was going to lose that, that one anyway. But I just wanted to take this, this first moment just to, to make a memory and, you know, say how special this feeling is. You know, I mean, to be in here, you know, in Canton with these great people of Canton, Ohio, I mean, you can't believe the job that they do. It's not only today, I mean, the game, the the parade. I mean, they have 100,000 people at the parade at 8 o'clock in the morning. I mean, this, this is a special place. And this is a celebration of football. And when you celebrate, celebrate pro football, it has to be here in Canton, Ohio, because this is where the NFL started. And I want to thank you people and, and all the pro football fans and the pro football writers that that voted me into the Hall of Fame, led by you know Frank Cooney and Ira Miller. A special thanks to them, but you know everyone that made that possible. It was a long wait, but it was a, a wait that you know when you finally get in, it's made it all worthwhile because the feeling is so special, and you appreciate it so much more. And and the class that I go in with, I mean Harry Carson and Rayfield Wright and Warren Moon and. You know Reggie White and Sarah, uh, uh, you know is is and Troy Aikman, is such a such a great thing, and I'm proud to be in this class because we're always going to be connected with each other. We'll always be, you know, the class of 2006, and that'll be forever. And I'll tell you, these are all good people, good guys, and I am proud as hell to go into this 2000. Six Hall of Fame class with these guys. These are, these are good. And more than people. And then, you know, the Hall of Famers behind me, that's what it's all about. You know, I was, I was reading the, the NFL stats and history book, and, and that's what when you, you do when you ride a bus when you don't fly. You read, you know, big, big old thick books like that. But they had a chapter uh, on history. And the first page in the chapter of history was a list of the Hall of Famers. And I said, that's right, they got it. That is our history. The players that played before us, the players that played when they didn't have face masks, when they had leather helmets, when got this thing started, the players that played in smaller stadiums, you know, didn't have the medical thing, didn't have anything, they laid the foundation for this great game, and we should never forget it. I say to NFL teams that you ought to honor your history more. Sometimes we tend to get caught up in the players and the games now. Honor your history. Bring, bring back the Hall of Famers. 
bring back their teammates. Let the fans show their appreciation to their history. Because I know that, you know, going in with these guys is, is, is so special. And, you know, we always talk about immortality, you know, and uh, some, some of us think maybe we will be immortal, that we'll live forever. But you know, when you really think about it, we're not going to be. But I say this, and this is overwhelming and mind-blowing, that through this bust with these guys in that hall, we will be forever. And, you know, when you think of that, it just blows your mind. that It's forever and ever and ever. And you have to stay with me a moment on this one. This is a little goofy here, and you're going to say, oh, there's old Madden being, being goofy again. But... I started thinking about this after I got voted into the Hall of Fame. And the more I think about it, the more I think it's true, and now I know it's true and I believe it. Here's the deal. I think over in the Hall of Fame that during the day the people go through and they look at everything. And then at night there's a time when they all leave. And all the fans and all the visitors leave the Hall of Fame. Then there's just the workers. And the workers start to leave. And then it gets down, there's just one person. And that person turns out the light, locks the door. I believe that the bust talk to each other. And I can't wait for that conversation. I really can't. To Vince LaBarge, to Newt Rockney, to, you know, to Reggie, to Walter Payton, to the, to the guys that you want to say, with, to, to all my players, my ex-players, you know, we, we'll, we'll be there forever and ever and ever talking about, you know, whatever. And, and that's, that's what I believe, and that's what I think is going to happen, and no one's ever going to talk me out of that. Thank you. Those guys back here all going, oh, no, I don't have to put up with this BS for eternity. But this, this is a celebration, and, and it should be fun, and you know, it has to be great. And to, to have Al Davis here is something special. I mean, if it weren't for Al, well, I wouldn't be here. And, you know, he was the guy that gave me an opportunity. He was the guy that hired me 40 years ago, brought me into pro football. He was the guy that made me a head coach when I was 32 years old. And I had two years of pro coaching experience. Now, that's where, who the heck names a guy 32 years old as a head coach? Al Davis did. But he not only named me head coach, but he stood behind me. And he helped me. And he, and he, provided, he provided me with players, with great players. As he was saying, nine of the players were in the Hall of Fame. I mean, those are the types of players that he provided me with. And he stood behind me, not only the... Ten years I was a head coach, but he stood behind me for the last 40 years. And, and Al Davis is a friend, always has been a friend. I remember I had the, the opportunity to induct him into the Hall of Fame. And, and at the time, I said, you know, talking about loyalty and what a guy Al Davis was, I said that he's the guy that, you know, if you had anything happen, you had one phone call, who would you make that phone call to? I said it would be Al Davis. All these years later, I had an opportunity. I got voted into the Hall of Fame. I had a phone call to make for a presenter, and I called Al Davis.
and I just talked to my mom, and you know she's watching, and you know, hi mom, I love you, and I know she. I was talking about how excited I am, and how I haven't slept in three days, and you know my mind is mushing. She just said me too. <laughs> she has the same feelings, and you know, and, and she's not right here, but she's here in spirit, and uh, 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 she's a special person that's been with me, you know, for 70 years of my life, and I know that my dad, who died in 1960s, up there looking down and, and laughing. And my mom's probably laughing right now, too, because when I was a, like a sophomore in high school, I was playing in summer baseball, and I was playing on three or four different teams. And I told my dad, I'm going to drop a couple of these because I want to get a job to make some money. And my dad said, now nah. he said, I'll give you a couple bucks. Go caddy, make a few loops, and you'll be okay. He said, uh, uh, don't work. He said, because once you start work, you're going to have to work the rest of your life. And my dad worked hard. He was a mechanic, and he worked hard. And you know, and I'm, the reason I say that that he's up there laughing right now is because I listened to him, and I continued to play, and I have never worked a day in my life. I went from player to coach to a broadcaster, and I am the luckiest guy in the world. And my sisters, Dolores and Judy. You know, they were, they were there with me. They supported, you know, everything that I did because life with me as a kid was just a locker room. Uh, every day was recess. And, and they knew that, and they went along with it and supported everything. And, and I love them, and I appreciate that. If there was a Hall of Fame for, for families, my family would be in the Hall of Fame. My wife, Virginia, my two sons, Joe and Mike. Uh, you know, they talk about, about how hard coaches work, you know, and they work 18, 20 hours a day. They sleep on a couch. They don't come home. And, you know, that's not the hard job. The hard job is a coach's wife, believe me. The job of the coach's wife is she has to be mother, father, driver, doctor, nurse, coach, everything, because the coach is out there working. So, you know, when anyone is appreciated, they have to appreciate the wife, and I had the greatest, in, and I have the greatest in Virginia. Thank you. Stand up. You deserve it. After all those years, you deserve to stand up and take a bow on this day. And my two sons, Mike and Joe, I'm, I'm so proud of them. They're... They're not only my two sons, but they're my two best friends. And, uh, uh, you know, just everything that they do. I, I used to, you know, when they were kids, I used to take them to, to practice on Saturdays, not take them to the Pro Bowl. And I coached coach Pro Bowl way too damn many times. But I used to take them to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl, you know, every time I could. And, and those, were, those were special times. As I look back now... You know, my coaching career, you know, I think of my family and I think of the days that, you know, we spent together. And I say this to coaches everywhere. If you ever have a chance to take your kids with you, take them. Don't miss that opportunity. Because when it's all over and done with and you look back, those are going to be your fondest memories. There you go. John Madden's Hall of Fame speech 2006. Wanted to play that for you uh, as a way to remember 
Coach Madden uh, after we lost him this week at 85 years old. Just a huge figure. We're going to talk more about that in the next segment. It's time to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the legacy of John Madden, his legacy with the Raiders, his legacy in the NFL, his legacy as a video game icon. Yes, that's right. The Madden game continues to be the biggest and best sports franchise out there. So the man did a lot, and we're going to talk about that as well when we come back with author Stephen Travers, as well as you. We're going to get some of your calls in, your voicemails, here on Silver and Black Today Game Day. On this day, the Raiders get set to take on the Colts out in Indianapolis. Don't go anywhere. Where the nation rallies every week of the NFL season. It's Silver and Black Today, Game Day. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Silver and Black Today, Game Day, as we get set for the Raiders coming up top of the hour in Indianapolis. Are they going to do it? Can they win two in a row to get into the playoffs after this tumultuous season? Boy, we're going to have to see. Of course, we know the news. Uh, We're still waiting on the Darren Waller word, but we do know the Raiders get most of their defensive players who were on the COVID list back. The Colts, too, get Carson Wentz, their quarterback, uh, as well. Today comes off the COVID list this morning, uh, unless he tests positive or something like that. So we'll see how it all goes down. Uh, But pardon me, we'll know here in the next few hours and find out what's happen on, uh, happening in Indy. Uh, let us know. The Raiders, of course, are a six-and-a-half-point underdog. I think that's primarily not only because the Colts are on the Eastern time zone and it's just the way it goes <laughs> with some of these betting odds. Uh, you look at the, the Colts at home, you look at the Colts and their offense versus the Raiders. The Raiders still have not been able to crack 20 points since Thanksgiving. And factor that all in with some of the injuries and some of the unknowns with covid and you have the Colts there, although uh, I think the line is right where it needs to be at six and a half, as I checked it early this morning, and so we'll see how that all bears out. But the Raiders have a big task ahead of them. Can they do it? I think they can. As I said in the top of the show, I've been hard on this team, especially the offense, which has been just dismal for all sorts of reasons uh, and unable to score points. But you know what? They won two in a row. Yes, they won two in a row, not cracking 20 points. So they've been able to do what they need to do to win. And so that's going to be interesting to to see how it all unfolds. Listen, the Raiders, what they've been through again. I think that uh, anything, if they can make the playoffs, that's a huge accomplishment. I don't think it saves Rich Bisaccia as far as getting a permanent head coach. I just don't see it. Uh, I think this team needs a refresh at head coach. I think more and more uh, we're starting to see or at least hear that Mike Mayock will get another year to prove himself away from John Gruden, which I think is fair. Um, although we'll see how it all bears out and whether or not Mike Mayock wants to say in the Raiders organization, maybe with John Gruden gone, he will. That'll be pretty telling, uh, but we'll have to see how it do. The Raiders need to need to start building draft capital again. They need to start drafting better. I mean, you look at what's happened over the course of the last few years, these drafts have been horrible. And I don't care. You could talk about Hunter Renfro, great player, great draft pick. You can talk uh, about Nate Hobbs, yes. You can talk about Divine Diablo, who looks like he's coming on. But these are not the guys that make or break your team. They're good players. Now, Hunter Renfro may be the exception. But if you look at the disasters they've had in the first, second, and third round and how many of those guys won't even get second contracts, it's not good. Now, I'm not going to blame that all on Mayock, but certainly – uh, it's it's something that they're going to have to answer for, and they're going to have to do better with. So we'll see, and hopefully uh, the head coach, whoever that may be, 
Uh, and by the way, I don't know why people are so fascinated with, oh, who's going to head coach? I, I Look, you want to know who your coach is going to be, but you got to finish the year out. And just because you're not hearing leaks from agents about people talking to the Raiders and Mark Davis about coaching in Las Vegas doesn't mean there isn't conversations happening. I don't know why so many people believe if you don't see it on Twitter, it's not happening. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Let's be real. Okay. So um, we talked about John Madden and we played his Hall of Fame speech there in the first uh, segment, which I just thought was a good way to honor the man uh, and, and to show his humor, hear him talk about football, family, and more importantly, his players, especially the Raiders and, and of course, the great Al Davis, the, the late great owner of the Raiders. And so we did talk to, we reached out to someone I've had on the show before, Stephen Travers, former San Francisco Chronicle reporter, also wrote the book, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of the Oakland Raiders, and John Madden, his crazy team in the 70s and 60s, 70s, I should say. And so, so we wanted to, to talk to him about John Madden and get his input and his feedback on what Coach Madden meant to not only the Raiders organization, but football overall. And so I want to share just as part of the conversation, uh, Stephen Travers, author of The Good, The Bad, and Ugly of the Raiders. Uh, we'll link the book up on our site. But here, let's, let's talk one more time about John Madden. Now, you, you fast forward, and he, he plays football, college football at Cal Poly, um, and then he takes on some, some coaching duties, including working for the late, great Don Coriel down at San Diego State, he finds his way, and suddenly at 32 years old, Al Davis sees something in him, uh, likes what John Madden's about, hires him as the coach of the Oakland Raiders. Those early days, I mean, 1970, he was the coach of the year in the NFL. Talk about the, the hiring of John Madden, Al Davis, what he said about it and what it said uh, about the history of John Madden getting his way to the Raiders. Well, before getting into that, just a couple notes about Cal Poly. Um, he was there, I believe he was there with Ted Tolner, mm -hmm. who I think went to San Diego State with him and later was known as an offensive guru and later became USC's coach. It was also, um, he wasn't on the Poly team that uh, had a plane crash, but it happened a year or two after he got out and he knew a lot of the players. And that, I think played a role in his um, phobia about flying. Mm. But, yes, he went to uh, San Diego State, and Don Coriel had established a very wide-open offense. Uh, they had a quarterback named Dennis Shaw and a number of other great players. Um, but uh, Madden was more of a line guy. He was more of a defensive guy or a line guy. He was really into the, uh, the interior game, and he understood it. And he obviously uh, gets this incredible opportunity. Well, first he goes to a um, uh, a uh, Vince Lombardi had a uh, coaching clinic. He went to that and he sat there glued to it for <laughs> something like five hours, six hours, taking notes and just paying very close attention and saying, whatever it is this guy is doing, I'm going to follow it and try to do it exactly as he's doing it. So uh, he really studied the game. And the opportunity comes about in 1967 to become an assistant with the Raiders. He's a very young guy. Uh, he may have been playing uh, at that time, but he had sustained an injury at some point. That was the main reason he got into coaching so young. Um, and he's under John Rauch, 
who was a mm-hmm. very good coach, uh, certainly a successful coach, who led the Raiders to the Super Bowl in 67 and another fantastic year in 68. They were, they were a dynasty before Madden, mm-hmm. but they were owned by, John, by uh, Al Davis, and uh, a lot of coaches have had trouble with Al Davis, and Routes uh, was really the first one and um, didn't like his meddling and telling <laughs> who to play and what to do and how to run practice. So uh, Madden gets the opportunity at 31 or 32, whatever he was, very young. Uh, what Davis said was, Davis had grown up in Brooklyn, a Dodger fan, said the Dodgers get a Walt Alston type. Uh, the Dodgers get a Dodger type who's a Walt Alston type. We're, we're looking for a Raider type. And we think John Madden is a Raider type. Hmm. Um, and he certainly got that right because he was exactly what Davis wanted. And he really, whatever the the um, atmosphere was with the Raiders, whatever their particular, like uh, Vince Lombardi was the Packers and Hank Schramm was the Chiefs. And each had their own, John Chula was the Colts. Each had their... Um, their way, their style. Pete Carroll had his style, and John Madden had his, and it uh, it created the Raiders style. Um, and it was probably gone long after after he left, but it was certainly the way the Raiders approached football in those days, and it was uh, the players liked it, and then Al Davis liked it, the fans liked it, and the team responded. Yeah, again, we're, we're talking. Well, there you have it. Some of my conversation with author Stephen Travers, uh, just great. And you got to hear the whole thing. Just brought you a, a part of that segment here. So I want you to go up to, you can find it on silverandblacktonight.com, our uh, Mightier 1090 show from Southern California. The archive is up there and you can hear it. It's the whole first segment of that interview, about 20 minutes with Stephen about Coach Madden, his impact uh, and and really just a fascinating conversation. Also, Stephen's book, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Oakland Raiders History, it's got a longer title. But if you go on Amazon and find that one, if, you, if, you're a, if you're a newer Raider fan and you've not read that book, it has all the great stories of those glory years with John Madden and the guys like Ken Stabler and Phil Villapiano, all those guys. So make sure you check out that book. But I just wanted to bring you a little bit of that conversation. I know we spent a lot of time on John Madden, and and I think that's important because I think John Madden uh, had such a significant part of not only Raiders history but of the NFL history and getting the NFL where it is today. There's no doubt about it. So make sure you check that out, uh, that interview with Stephen Travers as well. Uh, Coming up after the break, we're about to head to a break here in about a minute. When we come back from the break, we're going to switch focus to today's game coming up at the top of the hour. The Raiders are in Indianapolis, must win. they got to win both games to get to the postseason, to punch their ticket, that e-ticket, They want to get into the playoffs for only the second time in the last 19 years. Uh, So we're going to talk, uh, myself, David Stepanian, our correspondent, also a contributor over at VegasSportsToday.com. We're going to talk about that. David's also going to talk about his recollection of John Madden, but then we're going to switch to today's game against the Colts. What do the Raiders need to do on offense? What do the Raiders need to do on defense? 
in order to stop these cults, all the COVID madness. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll also uh, hear from one of our great, great uh, fans, of course, that is The Violator. Yes, The Violator. You'll hear from him as well. So stick around. You're listening to Silver and Black Today Game Day, only here on the Bet 1140 and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. Raider Nation is fired up. It's Silver and Black Today, game day. Welcome back. The closing stretch, Silver and Black Today, game day. The Las Vegas Raiders coming up against the Indianapolis Colts, top of the hour. It's a make-or-break game for the Raiders. they got to win all two to assure to stamp their ticket into the NFL playoffs, as inexplicable as that may seem with what they've been through in 2021. Joining me for this final segment, my good friend, contributor here at Silver and Black today and tonight, and also over at VegasSportsToday.com, is one Mr. David Stepani. And David, welcome. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about Coach Madden, I think, as we should this week. Um, for you, you're the youngest one, I think, on our staff. So you grew up with John Madden as a TV personality, a pitch man, and of course, uh, a video game mogul with EA Sports. Talk a little bit about your recollection of, of John Madden growing up when you did and what he meant to you. Well, well, Scott, uh, John Madden was already a household name growing up. I mean, he was on TV control, uh, TV commercials. I think uh, him and Michael Jordan both, as they showed in the All Madden Doc, both of those guys were on TV all the time on commercials, Outback Steakhouse, Miller Lite, like Dr. Pepper. I mean, John Madden was just such a, such a presence on television and even in the video game world. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember, Scott. It was a while ago. A lot of the listeners might not remember, but Madden was on the cover himself of every game every year. It yeah. wasn't like who's going to be on the cover of Madden this year. It right. was John Madden when I was growing up. He was the face of the game. It was Madden football, and it was it, and it was great. Uh, he was as I. Growing up, I wanted to be a commentator for mm. football because John Madden, Pat Summerall, those guys were just so engaging and so great to listen to. And when I finally got to do play-by-play for UNLV football for a couple of years, uh, the first thing I thought of was just guys like a John Madden or Brent Musburger, who I had the pleasure of working with at Beeson. Mm-hmm. And those guys were just so synonymous with head coaching and commentary uh, that they inspired so many young people like myself uh, to go out and become journalists, to be on radio, to commentate. And um, he had such a huge impact on my life, too. And that's besides the video game, which I have bought every single year <laughs> since like 1990. I have bought every, I have every edition of Madden from like the Sega Game Gear to PlayStation 1 all the way now to my PS5. Like, I, I have been an annual purchaser, and uh, it, it taught me the X's and O's of football. And I think a lot of people learn the X's and O's of football through the Madden video game as yeah. well. Well, and, and not only that, David, but you talked about, you know, being a budding broadcaster and and what he did, because we talked about it with Stephen Travers earlier in the show, and that was, you know, he changed the game from a broad a broadcast perspective because – what he did was he, he broke, just like the video game you're saying, broke it down for you, and I, and I agree with that, that was the same for me, was this idea, though, that he went on there and he explained, I mean, the whole Telestrator, you know, that was, that was something he put, they experimented with, and he did it 
to show the viewer, the average viewer who didn't know X's and O's, even if you played a little high school football, you might have known the basics. But for most people, they didn't. And so John Madden explaining that and doing it on television and doing it in a way, David, and I, I, let me know if you agree with this. I thought he did it in such a way. He never talked down. Here's a guy who won a Super Bowl, all-time winning this coach with, with uh, wins over 100 games, and he never talked down to any of us. He made it accessible, and he taught us. He coached the entire football world with his Telestrator and doing it on television. Yeah, and you know, I actually I have a great story about how great of a human being uh, he was. A colleague of ours uh, told me a story. I used to do a show at UNLV's radio station, ninety one point five KUNV. Mm-hmm. A colleague of ours also did a show on that station back in the nineties, and he was telling me a story the other day about how uh, John Madden was checking out the campus of UNLV back in the nineties. So he bumped into Madden on UNLV's campus. And he was talking to Madden for a minute, and uh, he told Madden, well, I, I do a radio show here uh, here on campus, and uh, I actually got to go now uh, to record the show. And Madden stopped and he said, hey, hold on. You want me to be a guest on your radio show? I, <laughs> I can come in right now and be, be a guest for you right now. And, uh, and our colleague was like, oh, are you, ser- are you serious? John Madden really wants, wants, is offering to, to be a guest on my show. I didn't even you know, <laughs> have to ask him. So he had Madden on the show. Uh, he had Madden come into the uh, the studio at KUNV and do the show with him. And Madden actually asked him, "How does sports betting work? I, I have no idea. What, what is the sport? I have no idea these pluses, these minuses. I, I don't understand how this works. Can you explain it to me?" And uh, he tried to explain it to Madden on air what the plus means, what the minus means. And at the end of it, Madden was like, "No." No, I still don't understand it. Still, still don't get it. <laughs> so that's just the kind of guy Madden was. He he would be so engaging. He he would go out of his way to be nice to other people, and I think that's just so important. All these stories we hear about Madden coming out the last few days, just about how great of a human being he was. Yeah, and of course, uh, at that time in the '90s, it coincides with your story. Was when John Robinson was the coach at UNLV, and the, the, of course, their best childhood friends through life and through the end of life uh, for John Madden. So it's not surprising. Speaking of, I want to play you this um, because we got some calls of remembrance. People wanted to share with us their thoughts, and we have a special call um, and a message here uh, from the Violator. Everybody knows who the Violator is right. Wayne Mabry. He called in to talk about uh, his feelings about Coach Madden. Here it is. Good morning. My name is Wayne Mabry. You guys know me as the Violator at the Raider Games. What I think about John Madden was uh, almost like the godfather of football with that passion, that uh, enthusiasm, and his smarts that he uh, exuded on the sidelines. That's one of the main reasons that I'm a Raider fan today. After about 50-plus years, I saw him as a young lad. And also that Raider shield with the two swords. I was hooked as a 12-year-old. I'm 65 now, so you do the math. Raiders for life, baby. Rest in heaven, John Madden. There you go. Wayne Mabry, the violator, violator calling us. We thank him. A good friend of the show. Always a pleasure to hear from him. But uh, there you go. I mean, David, again, it's just it, it, the guy changed sports. I mean, not just football. Of course, he, football, to me, and, I, and, and we know today, uh, before the Raiders kick off their game here at the top of the hour against the Colts, every NFL game today will have a moment of silence 
from for John Madden. And I thought in that all man documentary, it surprised me a little bit just because I'm not the biggest Roger Goodell fan. But Roger Goodell basically said of John Madden, he was our Elvis. He was the king, meaning that, you know, this was the guy who really is the modern day uh, voice face of and and helped create and and accelerate the National Football League. Yeah, and uh, Roger Goodell was also talking about how he got to hang out with Madden at his Hall of Fame induction back in 2006, I think it mm-hmm, was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really do agree with that because uh, my mom, who doesn't care about sports whatsoever, I mean, she came up and asked me a few days ago, hey, John Madden passed away today. Uh, I don't know anybody in football, but I know him. Amazing. You know, he yeah. he, he must be, I mean, you, you could argue he might be the most, recognizable name in in the NFL ever. Yeah, and I think I mean the 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 modern age and of course his involvement in media, you know, when I was a kid all I heard about was Vince Lombardi. And Vince Lombardi certainly has his place in in the pantheon of of the National Football League and a professional football, there's no question. But I do think that John Madden's per, is, has passed him by, not just because of the, the success on the field, but because of the video game, because of the television, because of everything he did and how he lived his life uh, was really remarkable. So, David, I appreciate you sharing with us your thoughts about that. Now, let's change gears. We spent a lot of time talking about Coach Madden because he deserves it. The history of the Raiders deserves it. And uh, certainly his family, uh, we, our prayers are with them uh, during this difficult time. But we're glad we could spend all that time on the show today remembering him. But let's switch gears to the Colts today, David. We look at this game, and of course, you're our betting expert. We'll get to that at the end, uh, which is a six-and-a-half-point line. Last time I checked, uh, the Colts favored at home. Not, so, not a surprise there. Uh, but looking at this game, David, I mean – we look at everyone who's back. It looks like Darren Waller, we're still waiting for word this morning uh, if he's going to play in today's game. So that'll be uh, a last-minute thing. We'll hear about whether he's going to be eligible or not. Carson Wentz is back for the Colts. Looks like everybody from the Raiders that was on the COVID list is back on defense, which is significant, and they're going to need everybody on defense. David, what do the Raiders have to do in order to stay in this game and win this game to keep these playoff hopes alive? Well, let's let's take a look at some of these stats first. Colts, the Colts are nine and zero when Jonathan Taylor rushes over a hundred yards, but they're zero and six when he doesn't break a mm. hundred. Uh, even when that Wentz news broke, I mean, he's just a field general. If Sam Ellinger can do that job too, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy to uh, to stop here. So you look at the teams that have successfully stopped the run game, and Tampa Bay was the only team to do it since Halloween. And that still came to Tom Brady heroics after the two-minute warning. Last season, uh, John Taylor ran for 150 yards on 20 carries against the Raiders. Yeah. So they're going to want to stack the box, maybe play man coverage, and hope Sam Ellinger looks as bad as he did in the preseason. I mean, he had no touchdowns and five interceptions in the preseason. <laughs> he hasn't thrown a pass in the NFL. So uh, if, they can, if he can find a way to get to Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, uh, it really just comes down to Ellinger's arm if he if he can get the ball to those receivers. But as far as Jonathan Taylor goes, yeah, they're they're going to want to stack the box, stop stop him there. But luckily enough for the Raiders, their rush defense has looked good the past few weeks. Uh, you you want to take a look at Nick Chubb, one of the best rushers in the league. They held him to 91 yards on 23 yeah. carries. Yep. And the same thing with Denver last week. Williams and Melvin Gordon they combined for eight yards on 14 carries. 
That's insane. Yeah. So Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe could be the deciding factor in this game. I'm feeling confident in him if I'm Coach Bisaccia with Eric Fisher hurt. Yeah, I think I think that you know Ngakwe's fallen off the last couple of weeks and has is, is, has had some trouble. Uh, they're going to need everybody on this defense today to come out and play it. And if you look at the series, uh, Indianapolis has won six of the last eight, but the road teams have won three in a row. Of course, the most memorable matchup between these two teams goes back to December twenty fourth, nineteen seventy seven, when the Raiders beat the Colts. 37 to 31 in double overtime, of course, that big game. Uh, and and so now you look at this team and what they're doing, the Raiders trying to clinch their second playoff berth in 19 seasons. Uh, they have to win these two games. If they don't win today, then there's all kinds of scenarios. We're not going to go down that because it's like a rabbit hole of, of things that would need to happen. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at that, to your point about the Raiders defense versus Jonathan Taylor, um, if they can shut him down, if the, the Colts aren't passing, whether Wentz goes or not, they're going to have to play a really good game. The other thing is, I think, too, David, is not only do they have to stop the run, but the Raiders need to perform as they did last week with Josh Jacobs leading the way. They have to, That offensive line has played better as of the last two wins. They need to play another big game. They need to go against that pretty good Indianapolis defense, establish the run so that they can open the pass and get Josh Jacobs running downhill again. Yeah. And I don't want to – look, Josh Jacobs had by far his best game of the season against Denver last week. You can't yep. kind of just hope for him to come out and get over 100 yards every single game, uh, like his rookie year, for example. Um, Derek Carr is going to want to spread the ball. I mean, he's only 30 yards behind Justin Herbert for second in the in the league in passing, and uh, he was on top of that list for much of the year. Um, it's not going to be easy this week either against Kenny Moore – who, by the way, got selected to his first ever Pro Bowl. Congrats to him. He, he really deserves it. Uh, um, Hunter Renfro versus Kenny Moore on third, down, on third downs is going to be such a fun matchup to see. But the passing game has been pretty lackluster for the Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs willed his way to a win last week yeah. against Denver. I mean, no doubt Derek about Carr it. Has also, yeah, and, and Carr has looked conservative of late. Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, I don't. I don't know if you want to rely entirely on Josh Jacobs to come out and have this game again. The the good thing, though, I mean, the Colts are dealing with COVID issues, so there is that. But Carr is going to want to command the field and be aggressive. Yeah. The thing is, David, you look at the Raiders, you look at Derek Carr has 17 turnovers a season that matches his career worst. The Raiders, too, uh, have a league high 17 giveaways over the last eight weeks, and they're tied for a league low with four takeaways in that span. So this game to me, and we got about a minute and a half left, David, um, this game to me is going to come down to who holds the ball, who turns over over the ball. And I don't like the Raiders' chances there because the Colts do get a lot of takeaways. They lead the league in that category. Uh, and they're going to have to be aggressive without giving the ball back. So when you look at this game, all of these things uh, that are that are out there and all of the challenges that both these teams have faced, who's, who do you got winning this game today? Look, the, the turnovers are going to be critical. And especially like that Bradley Chubb interception last week against Denver, that silly Josh Jacobs fumble on the first play against Kansas City. We were just talking about Jacobs, too. They're going to have to seriously avoid mistakes like that. And I just don't know. Like you said, the Colts defense 
can't force those turnovers. And it's so tough, especially when you consider that the Raiders are in the bottom five of red, red zone touchdowns in the league. But the Colts are just shy of the top five in red zone touchdowns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, it, it's going to be it's going to be the, the deck is kind of stacked against the Raiders in so many avenues, regardless of Carson Wentz status. Um, honestly, at home, I, I, I like Indianapolis minus the six and a half. I also think they score a lot of points. I like the over 46 on this game too, Scott. Yeah, I agree with you there. And David, we appreciate you being with us. And we'll have you on next week again too. Uh, but I, I have the Colts in this one. I think they cover easily as well. I picked the Raiders at the beginning of the year to go 9-8, and eight, and I'm still stick, sticking with that. I think they lose against the Colts today, uh, which I know is a blow to the playoff chances. And then I think they beat the Chargers uh, next week to finish out the 2021 campaign. David, as always, thanks for being with us, man, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again, Scott, and uh, have a, and a happy new year. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Raiders versus Colts coming up. Kickoff just a few minutes away. Thanks for listening to Silver and Black Today game day. For David Stepanian, I'm Scott Colbranson. Talk to you next week.